Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a director with Cherry Beckert, and with me today is Jacqueline LeClaire. Um, Jacqueline is a team member in, the, in our GovCon consulting group and part of the same team that I'm part of. And today we are continuing our business systems podcast series. And, um, you know, Jacqueline, first off, thanks for joining me today. I know this is the first time that you've um, been on one of the podcasts. And just first, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, to start off, do you want to just give a quick background, or give a quick intro on yourself and, you know, what you did prior to joining Cherry Becker? All right. Okay, so my government experience spans about 10 years working with DCA and DCMA, and we reviewed small and major contractors in Virginia and Texas. Thank you. So I know today we're talking about um, accounting systems and the requirements for government contractors, since we're really seeing this more and more when it comes to part of scoring criteria for proposals and uh, you know, of course, if you have a flexibly priced contract with the federal government, you're supposed to have an approved accounting system. And, you know, I'm really happy that you're you're on this podcast with me today because of your experience at DCAA and uh, your prior prior work with conducting uh, accounting system audits on the government side. And now you also help contractors um, on you know the consulting side help our clients get through these post awards. So, um, you know, to start us off. Do you mind just giving a quick overview of uh, what are the accounting system requirements? When would they be required? And when does a contractor need to start worrying about it? All right, sounds good. Um, let's start with the contracting officers. They'll typically be informed on contract requirements, such as whether there's preferences for small businesses and uh, typically provided a list of potential contractors. Uh, the contracting officer will contact DCA to determine whether the potential contractor had performed government work prior or if there had been a gap between government contracts. If either of those conditions would apply, the DCA will be notified and the contracting officer will typically request an accounting system audit be performed within a week or two. So let's kind of run through the types of accounting systems. We have a pre-award accounting, post-award, and an in-depth accounting system review. The pre-award accounting system audits are requested to be performed when a new contractor is being considered or if there has been that kind of couple year gap between government contracts. Uh, so the pre-award accounting system will typically cover trying to make sure that your accounting system can distinguish between government versus commercial revenue, direct versus indirect costs, costs being accumulated by the project, task order, or CLIN level if needed for the contract requirements, whether the accounting books are closed on a regular monthly basis, um, let's see, other items such as whether the contractor is using the accrual system of accounting, which will be detected through a review of chart of accounts, trial balance, and balance sheets, and whether the contractor is able to pay their subcontractors timely. Typically, they're looking for a 30-day window, and they'll look at AP aging and AR aging reports. And then the other type is the post-award accounting system, which will typically occur at the conclusion of a contract to test for compliance with DFAR's accounting system criteria. You know, that, I think that's an awesome overview. And it, it you know, in our experience, really the pre-award and post-award 
really covers the same topic areas, just really how in depth the government's really auditing um, when they're doing these performance audits on the the post award, um, how much in the, the weeds. So the pre award, they're really looking at is the system capable um, of handling a flexibly priced contract where post award, it's really, are you actually doing, it? you know, are you really identifying direct versus indirect? And are you really identifying costs to the right cost objective and down to a clin level and such? Um, and it seems like, I don't know what your thoughts are, but at least what I've seen a lot of, if sometimes these can be triggered to a post award or an in-depth accounting system review, if there's an issue somewhere else. So like, you know, is there a CAS issue or is there an incurred cost submission that there are a bunch of findings there in that audit by the government? And they're like, oh, this seems, something seems off. You know, they then the request goes to the contracting officer, the contracting officer then triggers it. So, um, you know, I feel like when the government is reviewing this information, uh, a lot of times what they're looking at is, you know, they're also wondering, is the contractor maybe full or modified cast covered? Because that that can then play in. Um, you're also going into, is this system set up in accordance with GAAP? You mentioned accrual, being on an accrual system earlier and AP with um, having proper procedures around AP and AR. Um, and then, you know, the other one with the pre-award is, is the system actually being fully utilized or in use or, because I know on the, what is it, the, the 1408, there's the, the check boxes of, is the system currently being used? Is it set up to be used or is it not currently being used yet? There's that little box there at the bottom. Um, but a lot of times when we've helped clients go through these audits, the government is typically sitting right there and asking, you know, can you show how, demonstrate how the system is working effectively, tie it out to your GL, um, you know, show, pull up an actual timesheet and demonstrate identifying costs to the correct intermediate or final cost objective, show how you're identifying unallowable costs, but it's a lot of show me and live demonstration. Um, you know, kind of on that same spirit with the audits, do you, just from your experience, do you have any general advice on how a company should prepare for an accounting system audit? You know, if they have one that's on the horizon or they think there might be winning a contract soon, you know, how should one prepare? Any thoughts? Sure. I've got a couple ideas. Uh, let's start with, okay, making sure that we have individuals that are available for accounting, payroll, processing, management available during the meetings that you have with DCAA. Be prepared to answer all of the questions on that pre-award survey of prospective contractor accounting checklist. Uh, be prepared to provide their policies and procedures so that we can monitor your current timekeeping system, accounting policies, whether you have direct versus indirect cost accumulations and unallowable costs is a great start. Then be prepared to answer questions regarding how your accounting and timekeeping systems interact and be prepared whether this is either live or virtual for the actual live demonstrations because a lot of the meetings are currently doing virtual since it's post-COVID requirements. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you hit a good point there. Going through that questionnaire that's typically always sent over before one of the audits, which outlines all the different kind of 
cost accounting practices, timekeeping practices, general audit questions. That's a really good kind of dry run of what a lot of the questions would be by a by an auditor. And that's a good time also to kick your kick the tires on your own policies and procedures to identify, hey, where might there be some gaps in my unallowable cost policy or do I even have one or direct versus indirect or so am I describing my pools and bases for my indirects? Because those are all things that are supposed to be in the questionnaire and are questions that are typically asked in an audit. Yes. Another area they like to hit are typically if there's internal audits so that mm -hmm. they'll go ahead and ask for reports and things like that so they can see that there is some type of internal monitoring. And from what I've seen so far, it's been more hired out internal audits where we've come in and helped businesses and sometimes the larger businesses will have the internal audits available. The other things to be prepared for reporting report polls being live. We need to be looking at charts of accounts, trial balance, balance sheet, aging reports, timesheets, labor distributions, payroll reports, and project status reports. Being able to produce those live is going to be important so that they can tick and tie various schedules and be able to pull things kind of on the spot. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been a part of those uh, live walkthroughs before, and the auditor will literally ask to pull up the trial balance right there, same date, and they'll tie out the number that you sent over as part of your um, request, their, their request, uh, request list that they originally asked for. So they'll be like, all right, yeah, you know, I see here this expense account is 100000 and they want to see for the same time period, let's say, as 100000 And then they'll start drilling down and try to kind of go through the whole daisy chain of here is this amount of labor and direct labor. Um, let's drill down and get a, a, a uh, we see that that amount of direct labor is X amount is for this one project. Let's take it up to and kind of go all the way through to tie it everything out. Uh, typically, I'd request the reports ahead of time. So, like you said, kind of run through everything so that the live demonstrations were useful. You know, from a contract standpoint, um, a lot of it does come down to what type of contracts the contractor has that they're currently performing. And is it all fixed price and is it T&M? Are they looking to get into the cost plus realm? Um, are they maybe... So, you know, sometimes um, the, those T&M contracts might burden material where, you know, is technically considered a flexibly priced contract and you're putting G&A on top. So a lot of it does depend on that, uh, uh, those contract types. And, you know, kind of to, to summarize, I know that we're coming up on the end of um, the, our time today to talk talking about the accounting system. I, I really, you know, just to summarize, for everyone listening, when it comes to the accounting system, the, the pre and post award really is very similar topics. Again, it's it's coming from the same criteria. One just builds on the other. And the post award is a lot more in depth. Um, if you are getting ready for a pre award accounting system survey, the checklist, the SF1408 is publicly available. And it is something that you can go through and see what those requirements are and start to kick the tires on your own system before it happens. Um, and with that questionnaire that DCA always sends out, again, it's a good it's a good good time to tune up your policies and procedures, review your current practices, 
um, and and start to ask questions prior to DCA coming in and performing that pre-award. Um, Post-award, if you're in that again, it's now is the system actually doing it and really you know, checking to make sure that what your system is stating you're gonna be doing is actually happening, looking at policy procedures, and also making sure that if you have a disclosure statement, you're full, fully cast covered, that everything is consistent from there too. Um, it is something that we're seeing overall um, more common uh, being requirement as part of RFPs and scoring. Just a really quick way to uh, weed companies out. Um, and we're seeing this really on the IDIQ level or those uh, GWACs. So um, it's, it's again, uh, sometimes these accounting systems can be reviewed by a third party, be on third party letterhead, or be uh, have, might have to be actually an audit versus a review um, or approved by the government. So it really depends. But this is something that is um, becoming very standard to have an approved accounting system for these large IDIQs. And um, it's it's something that, you know, Jacqueline, when we're working with clients, we we talk all the time like, hey, if you're going to stay in the kind of if you're going to keep continuing to grow as a government contractor, the accounting system requirements aren't going anywhere. And sometimes it even starts to flow down into those, you know, non-flexibly priced type contract vehicles because the larger you get, if you become cast covered or if you are winning large fixed price, either sole source, if you're doing any type of, um, you know, turning in certified cost and pricing data, a lot of it all kind of, it, those system requirements start to trickle in, even if you're not in the cost plus realm. So as you're growing, it's something to always have on your radar. Um, you know, and I think that uh, having a third party review or going through that pre-award is such a great um, pro a great best practice overall too, because you get to, again, kick the tires to see where you might need to tune up your policies. And those can be leveraged as part of financial statement audits. Um, they get impacted by other system audits too, like estimating and purchasing. So it's a good practice to go through it and to look at that checklist, at least from the beginning point. But I know we're coming up at the end of our time. So Jacqueline, just thank you for joining me today. Uh, and if anyone has any questions on the accounting system, please email me at epoppy at cbh.com. And please join us again for our next podcast.